Thank you for listening to my mama's podcast. Merry Christmas. And keep tuning in. And keep tuning in. To the boom factor. To the boom factor. What's up? What's up? <laughs> you heard it first. For my grandbaby. Thank you. And don't forget to vote. Vote, 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 vote. <laughs> This morning is angels, a subject seldom covered. Angels appear in scripture from the Garden of Eden to the book of Revelation. They're mentioned more than 300 times. They have purpose and power that affect your life and give you the ability to have the winner's edge. During the dark days of World War II, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker and his crew ran out of gas flying their B-17 and they ditched their plane in the Pacific Ocean. For weeks, no one heard of them. The newspapers reported his disappearance, and across America, thousands of people were praying. Mayor LaGuardia of New York asked the whole city to pray for Eddie Rickenbacker. Eddie Rickenbacker and the six survivors told this story when they were miraculously rescued at sea. Quote, a seagull came out of nowhere and lighted upon my head, said Eddie Rickenbacker. I reached up very gently and caught him. We killed him. We thank God for him, divided him equally, and ate even the bones. He said that seagull saved our lives, and I have no other explanation in that God sent one of his angels to bring that seagull out to sea because there was no reason for that seagull to be there. I believe, I truly believe that I have seen my angel. And, and it was, it'll take me just a minute to tell you, we were starting to go down the runway in our little airplane. And it was an older airplane that we had then, and you had to lift the door up and latch it and then pull another door down over the top. And when you're up there, you're up maybe six, eight feet above the runway. Well, we were in um, Ohio. We were up in Ohio somewhere. And there was a big air show there that day in the airport. And there were lots of uniformed servicemen in, in their khakis and, and ribbons and so forth. My angel is some kind of an officer. Because, now, all kidding aside, this, this was unbelievable. I had just pulled the door up and the pilot was getting ready to start out and I hadn't latched it properly. And I looked over there and here was this uh, a, a row of like soldiers in, in, a, in a uniform and I was probably 50 maybe 75 yards away and one of these guys just started running straight to the door of the airplane I thought boy that's strange did I forget something in the terminal there and he's maybe bringing me something I forgot or and he just ran straight at me <laughs> and I thought well boy he must have a message or something so I leaned out and boom the door broke and I fell, and he caught me. I, and I would have fallen eight, six, eight feet straight with my head on the on the tarmac of the of the airport. And I said, "Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you." I said, "What is your?" And he just turned and, and walked away. And of course, now I shut the door properly. <clears throat> but I was actually walking to the store. Uh, I realized I didn't have my wallet and I hadn't reached the store yet, but I 
turned around and started walking back to go get my wallet. Um, and I saw these guys stand on the corner that night, and they were watching me. One of the men approached him. But when he said, what are you doing out here? And I said, I'm just chilling. He was like, well, you got to roll out. Uh, and that's when he pulled out a gun from his jacket. He had a leather jacket on and a hoodie. And he pulled it out. He pointed at me. He shot it one time. After falling to the ground, he was shot seven more times up close. And when I first saw the flash, I didn't know I got shot. I just remember hitting the ground. And then when he stood over top of me, that's when I saw an angel get in front of me. And I remember, because I didn't have time to think about that, it was an instantaneous thing. I asked him to describe what he saw. It was probably, I mean, I'm six foot seven. The angel's probably like seven foot something. And uh, it was just a transparent figure. I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female. It didn't, I didn't see wings or anything like that, but I saw it was like clear, transparent, and it was in front of me. I knew it was an angel just because um, the protection, it got into a position like this in front of me. And I remember seeing that. The men stood over Marcus, laughing, thinking they had just killed him. Still barely alive, he managed to dial 911. By the time paramedics arrived, they offered little hope he would survive. And I was like, God, help me, help me make it. I just remember trying to stay awake. It was like a movie, you know, you, you see that stuff in the movie, you see the light up, and you see people, um, life flashing before their eyes. It, it was like that for me, except that I started thinking about what would happen if I did die. And I was like, nobody's gonna know what happened to me. At the hospital, Marcus went immediately into surgery, where he told me he saw a familiar face. Saw a lot of doctors and nurses just kind of standing. And I remember looking as I'm getting ready for surgery. I remember looking and seeing the same angel that was there on the street. And the angel was just kind of like arms crossed like this. And just like, it didn't do anything or say anything. It was just kind of like nodding his head. Angels shut the mouths of lions for Daniel in Lions 6.22. The Bible in Daniel 6.22. For the Bible says, my God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lion. Angels delivered Peter out of Herod's prison where he was under 24-hour guard. The church was praying for his release. Matthew 4 says that angels ministered to Jesus when he fought Satan in the wilderness. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the angels came and ministered unto him. In Acts 10, the angels came to the house of Cornelius and said, your prayers and your offerings have come up for a memorial before God, and God's going to answer your prayer. In Hebrews 1.14, it says that angels are ministering spirits that God has sent to guard the righteous. There is an angel assigned to every believer. Matthew 18.10, Jesus said, For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father. Their angels always see the face of my Father. Angels bring answer to prayer, as in Daniel 9, as in Gabriel bringing the answer to Mary. That child that you're carrying shall be called the Son of God. In Acts 10, you, Cornelius, are going to hear the gospel message for the first time. When you die, angels are going to escort you into the presence of God. In Luke 16, Jesus tells the story of Lazarus, who was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. One moment he was begging for crumbs and the next moment he was being ushered in the arms of angels into the very presence of God hallelujah from crumbs to the marriage supper of the lamb giving praise and glory I do not believe in angels because Hollywood is now producing movies about angels 
I do not believe in angels because someone told me about an angel. I do not believe in angels because the new age is now angel happy and they're saying that UFOs are really angelic beings that are going to snatch people off the earth. I believe in angels because the Word of God says they are real and I believe the Word of God is absolutely true. That's why I believe in angels. Angels are created beings. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him, speaking of God, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, things visible and invisible. So angels are created of God. Angels have superior knowledge. 2 Samuel 14 and 20 says, My Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. Angels know all things that are in the earth. They don't know the day nor the hour that Christ is coming, but they know everything else. Angels are without number. Hebrews 12 and 22 speaks of an innumerable company of angels, for they are innumerable, they are invisible, and they are invincible. Angels surround the righteous. Now think about this. David writes in Psalms 34 and 7, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Think about that. Psalms 91 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep, to keep you in all of your ways. Think about that. The President of the United States has the secret service that surrounds him, the best shots in the world, and are trained to defend him. But every one of you who name the name of Jesus and are called according to his word have angels who go before you to prepare your way and angels who are behind you to be your rear guard. All the President has is a secret service. You have an angelic bodyguard that can protect you from the powers and principalities of darkness. Many of you just don't see them. You don't feel them, but they're there. The point is this. If angels can shut the mouths of lions for Daniel, if angels can deliver Peter from prison, if angels can bring angel food cake to Elijah, if angels minister to Jesus in the wilderness, if angels minister to Jesus in Gethsemane, if the angel of God has been assigned to you to guard you night and day that sees the face of God every day, may God open your eyes, child. May God open your eyes, child of God, watching this television program to know that you have been created a little lower than the angels. The royal blood of heaven is flowing in your veins. You are a child of God. Hell cannot defeat you. Demons cannot defeat you. The powers and principalities of darkness cannot defeat you. I want you to give this public testimony. You'll feel your spiritual battery come to life as you say this. Say, I testify in the name of Jesus Christ that he is the Lord of my life that he has forgiven me of my sins, that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I have owned the whole armor of God, that Satan is a defeated foe. He has no place in my life. Through the authority of the word, the name of Jesus and the blood of the cross, the victory is mine. I will live in victory because Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Give the King of glory praise, brother. He's given you the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He has stripped your adversary of all of his weapons 
Ah, that was powerful, y'all. That was real powerful. Oh, I could tell y'all numerous stories that I got in common with my angel. Uh, An angel visited me while I was in the hospital when I had that cancer surgery. Uh, I'm going to share that on the next episode. And it is November 1st. So, this is the month of Thanksgiving. So, I thank you, Lord, for having angels all around me to protect me and guide me. To shield me from the very works of the enemy, who is the devil and the demons that are fallen angels. Demons are fallen angels that follow Lucifer, who is named the devil now. They lost their angelic name. So there's no more of Lucifer. His name is the devil. Bathphemot. And the fallen angels are demons. All right? That's the difference. The angelic hosts, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of Saboid, God has his army to fight for us. All right? It's so ironic that um, Maria is doing readings from an angel called and today, it was saying, ask. Did I? My mama kind of disturbed my spirit. And I had to shake it off because, see, I was supposed to be napping right now. I can't even go to sleep. I don't know why people do that, man. It's just sometimes, I don't know, I'm not even going to start that. But I open up my iPad to put on some um, meditation music. And that popped up. And I said, you know what, let me listen to this. So I listened to it. I said, you know what, let me share it with my Boom Factor family. Because I know somebody out there in the world needs to know that you're protected. You got angels around you. You just got to ask them. You got to let them know what you need. You got you to gotta decree and declare it. You have to be a believer. You're not a believer. It's not going to work for you. We believe in everything else except what we should be believing in. So... Check me on the next episode. I'm going to show you all my experience on my angel.
Okay, since I can't go to sleep, and it's almost time for me to get up, go to work. First time my angels. Well, um, my experience with, I have numerous experience with angels, but this particular one, I knew it was an angel, came in my room that night. I was in the hospital, I had surgery for cancer. Um, I don't know if I really share that whole testimony. I might have to do a segment on that. But, you know, I've been uh, thriving for almost five, 2006, so it's 2018. So 12 years I've been thriving in remission from colorectal cancer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's right. My testimony is that I suppose I have a colostomy bag. But God blessed me where I don't need one. God healed me. Right? So, I had the surgery. They had to reconstruct my colon. And they had to cut cut my cut my colon. And bring it. Cut that piece and attach it to the part they had to cut out. That had the cancer in it real bad. It got into my lip nose into my bloodstream around my annual area and so they had to replace it so they cut some of my colon from my intestines and attached it to my annual place right so with that said um they was told that type of surgery is kind of tricky it's crucial and we had to sign waivers and my dad had to sign papers and stuff um, because normally they say they would have to go back to surgery and put that bag on you. And some people have to live with that bag for the rest of their life. Well, I denounced it. I said, I'm not wearing no colostomy bag. Y'all lost your mind. Da-da-da. To the point where my daddy had, like, popped me on the back of my neck, like, he hit me. It was pretty hard. And I was like, why did you hit me? That was the first time I ever remember my dad ever hitting me. Told me to be serious. This is serious. And I was serious. Well, through all that, went on to surgery. And I was getting to the weary. I was getting weary, y'all. Because I felt at that time... Um, after the surgery, I think my, my children was coming to see me. But this particular night, I went two days without nobody coming to my room. They had these things on my legs so I wouldn't get blood, blood clogged. I wanted to take a bath. I was feeling miserable. I remember crying all that day, weeping all that day because... Even after the surgery, the doctor come and tell me that they want to make sure that they got everything. I might have to still do chemo. I thought they told me when they do the surgery that I was going to be okay. Nope, nope. I still had to do the chemo because, remember, it got in my lip nose. So they had to burn the chemo for to eat that up. And then the radiation, they wanted to make sure that 
um, it was out of my intestines. It had spread it so bad, you guys. That's why it was an emergency. It got, see, once it get past tier three, and when they opened me up, they found that I was tier four, meaning once it getting in your lip nose, your bloodstream, that's how they start giving people so many days to live, six weeks, six months. Depends on how bad it has spread it inside your bloodstream. Uh, I did have to get a f- another fusion, you know, more blood. So this particular night, I was so, I guess I was getting that depressed mode. And I just started thinking about a lot of stuff that happened in my life. I was tired. I was getting weary. Nobody wasn't there. My mom showed. My mom did not come not one time. She did not visit me one time. And at that time, she could have, but she didn't. Okay, so I'm up there by myself. Then all of a sudden, this beautiful black woman came in the room. She had the most gorgeous gray hair. That's all I can remember. That caught my attention, this beautiful woman with this gray hair. And I looked, and she came in there, and she says, I'm coming to she said, did you have your bath yet? And I was like, no, I didn't have my bath yet. And she said, what's wrong? It's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. I don't want to be here. They said, I got to get camo. That means all my hair is going to fall out. And, you know, and I just started going down the list, y'all. And I had faith in God. I, I believed God. And I thought he was going to heal me in the hospital, off doctor's office. And I went through this. And I did this. And then they had surgery. You know, and I just went through that whole list scenario, y'all. <laughs> because I did. It's like every step that I had to take, I thought the next step I wouldn't have to take. Because I believed God to heal me. But instead, I went to the next step. I went to that step. Oh, this is when God going to heal me. They're going to go and do the MRI and say it disappeared. But it looked like every step that I took, y'all, it was getting worse and worse. And so I was thinking about all of that. And I was thinking about my children. I was thinking about all the things that was done to me. I was thinking about all the things that I wanted to do to people and I didn't do. And I felt, wow, I'm going to die. I could have went on and cut up and treated people the way they treated me. You know, you just start thinking about a lot of stuff, y'all. So I'm in this bad place, right? I was just in this bad place. And so this woman came in the room. She was so soft-spoken. She said, no, you have much to do. I'm here to soothe you. I'm going to take these leggings off, and I'm going to take your bath. I'm going to change your bed sheets. I mean, y'all, this lady took care of me. 
She changed my bed sheets. She took me a bath. Then she changed it again because, you know, the bed sheets got wet. And the water was so warm and hot. Oh, my gosh. It felt so good. She washed me down real good, and she was so gentle. And after she washed me down, she rinsed me down. Once she rinsed me down, then she had this, I don't know if it was perfume, whatever, whatever it was, it smelled, it was a fragrance that I never smelled before. And so she rubbed my legs down. She massaged my legs. She said, now I'm going to make sure that you will not get no blood clots laying in this bed. And I'm going to make sure they're going to come and take care of you, Miss Irvin. You're going to be all right. And don't worry about your hair. Your hair is going to be beautiful. Matter of fact, you're not even going to lose your hair. A little may come off the top. But you won't go bald. I did remember her telling me this, y'all. This lady rubbed my legs and rubbed my feet, rubbed my toes. She rubbed my arms. She rubbed my fingers. She, like, pulled my fingers. She massaged my face. She washed my face. She massaged out my forehead. She massaged my head. I mean, every part of my body. This woman took care of me. I never experienced that in my life. Oh my gosh, it was like a refreshing because they didn't. The nurse said, No, I'm telling y'all about after the surgery, nobody came and changed my bed, my bedding. Nobody came and took me a bath. They put them stockings on my legs so I wouldn't get blood clots. But they were supposed to change that. They were supposed to rotate me so I won't get bed sores. Nobody came and checked up on me. But this woman did. And I remember she did tell me some stuff. And I can't really remember it. I do have it written down somewhere. But let me tell you all, that's why I know it was an angel. So the next day, the other nurse came in. And she said, I'm about to come and take your bath. I said, I don't need a bath. She, I said, nurse came in last night. She said, no. She said, we don't do baths at night. I said, man, nurse came in last night. She changed everything. These are new sheets. So she checked it. She said, oh, they show a lot of new sheets. Mm. I said, well... Tell her what was her name. I want to thank her. She have gray hair. She's a black lady. She have bleached, gray, beautiful short hair like a little afro. And she, um, she was very. Oh, she was so kind to me. I want to tell her thank you. Can she come and see me? And so the lady looked at me. She said, "Ma'am, we don't have nobody on staff that have gray hair." Oh, you say a black lady? I said, yeah. She's about a chocolate color. She had gray hair. It was a nice-sized bush. I said her gray hair was like it was glowing. And she took me a bath. She was so kind to me. 
She talked to me. She encouraged me. She anointed me. And um, she said, what do you mean anointed me? Well, she lotioned me up. She had some kind. She said, yeah, it smells good in here. I said, see? I said, that was her. She said, from a servant. We have nobody on staff like that. You sure it wasn't a dream? I said, ma'am, I know a dream from a dream. This was real life. You can tell. You just say to yourself, these are new bedding sheets. Then you don't have to take me a bath now because these new bathing sheets. So somebody was in this room last night. She said, well, I'll be back. Y'all, the lady didn't come back till like 30 minutes. She came back. She said, nobody on staff came in here and took your bath. You show your children and come and change the sheets for you? I said, ma'am, my children haven't been up in here for three days. She said, well, wow. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I she said, did the doctor come? I said, ma'am, she was a nurse. They were trying to figure out who came that night because they do not give baths at night. And to let y'all know how late it was, it was after 12 o'clock. I knew it because I had just finished watching it was something on television, and I think um, that kind of like really, really affected me on something I watched on TV that kind of made me even sadder. And um, that's when that, that ministry angel came in. So I know for a fact, you guys, I was visited by an angel, and she was my healing angel. Because don't you know, after she had left, I believe a couple of days, I was already in the hospital, maybe about two weeks already. And all that time, nobody's going to come and change my sheets. Then after that, my ex-husband, mother-in-law came and she sat with me. And uh, wow, that was something. So yeah, I was visited by an angel. That was an angel visit me. You know, I have numerous stories that I could tell y'all about how I know my angels all around me. My angels be up in here playing because this light come on automatically. Like it'll shut off automatically and they'll come on with motion. Now, I'm still, I could be asleep, right? And all of a sudden the light come on. I'll be like, all right, y'all, I know y'all playing in here, but um, I need my rest. <laughs> Sometimes I can hear stuff move. I know they be up in here, so my angels always around me. I believe in my angels, y'all. Do you believe in yours? Hmm, think about it. Well, with that said, I got to get up and go to work, y'all. I I mean, Lord, I, you know I love my mama, but I'm going to tell her about herself. Because she definitely broke my rest with that foolishness. And I'll talk to y'all about that later. But yeah, so I pray y'all enjoy that little segment. Do you know you got angels with you? They're all around you. You just have to call on them, and they will make their presence known. Yes, they will. They will make. Yeah. They will make their presence known just for you. 
You got to acknowledge them. Acknowledge your angels. And we're not to worship them. We worship God. But as they said on the video, angels know all things. They could tell you things that come straight from the throne of God. So that's why you should be sensitive. You don't know who you will have entertained. For you may entertain an angel unaware. Touche. All right now. Later. Hey, you guys. Well, I'm waiting on my bus, y'all. And since we on this thing about angels and it's November 1st, uh, I usually, like, do something every day for the month of October. But October was so busy for me. And this month, too. But since Maria Humphrey, Body Soul, and I don't know what else she, she have on her thing. But she's doing angels. And you know what? I think this is a good time to piggyback on what she's doing. So, I got another testimony for y'all, how I experienced angels. Matter of fact, two testimonies. Um, this is when I was living in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know I was born and raised there, right? Right out of Charity Hospital. Yep. Hudak Nation. And um, I was going through, I think God was just bringing me out of that homeless state from the domestic violence issue, right? Got, you know, a little job at the New Orleans Center as an office administrator. I wasn't promoted yet. Uh, matter of fact, it probably was like two years before the cancer thing happened to me. Um, so, they have this little cafe right next to... Excuse me. Oh, y'all, y'all, excuse me. I'm just belching and stuff on y'all. Please excuse me. And I really don't know how to go and edit that. So forgive me, this Dr. D, I'm so sorry. But, um, so, there was a little cafe, it was a nice little cafe next to our building. So you used to go there, get your coffee, you can get your nice, you know, croissant, breakfast sandwich, and, you know, it is what it is. So this particular day, this man was on the bench. They always have somebody on that bench. But this particular day, I don't know if I was going through something. You know, back then I was always going through something. I wasn't, I was in the Lord and seeking Him and really trying to do right in the Lord. But I wasn't as, um, I guess, wise and alert like I am now with God. I really didn't have that strong relationship with God like I do now. But I did know when God was giving me signals and signs. And I was very, you know, attentive in that area because I was trying to rebuild my life. I mean, I just come out of most horrible, horrific time of my life in domestic violence that I didn't realize I was in an abusive relationship till I was in this relationship. This relationship, my second marriage, that really didn't last for like maybe 45 days but it took me a whole year and something I say a good 
year and a half to just break away from it. And, um, so I was going to get my coffee, right? And as I passed him, he had this look in his eye. And I looked him right in his eye. But I was still walking. And he still was looking, and I was still looking. And I, like, turned around and looked at him. And he looked back. He just was watching me. He didn't say nothing. He didn't move. He just was sitting there. So when I went in the coffee shop, I was like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to go get him some coffee. And I just, I didn't really know my love language with God like I do now. But I felt the impression to give him cocoa and not coffee. So, you know, I got my coffee and I said, can I get a cup of cocoa? And can you just add some extra sugar packs? And um, I got him one of them croissant sandwiches, right? And um, what else, Lord? I think that was all you told me to get it. So I got it. And so when I passed back, I said, good morning. I want to bless you with this breakfast. And uh, I said, it's not coffee, it's cocoa. So I hope, you know, you drink cocoa. And he looked up at me. He said, thank you. This is just what I wanted. I just prayed for a cup of cocoa. Wow, you guys. And he looked at me again, but his eyes was not human like y'all. I mean, his eyes like it pierced me. And I looked at him. I said, you welcome. And I just stood there and looked at him, and he looked at me. And so as soon as I walked away, well, while I was walking away, right, while I was walking away, I wanted to look back and just smile like, you helped me. I wanted to say thank you, right? Y'all, when I look back, the man was gone. I had been like, let me see. Okay, I'm right here by a bench. I give him the food. I walk a couple of steps. So one, two, three, four, five, six. On my seventh step, I turned around. The man was gone. Even on my sec- seventh step, if that was a natural man, I still should have seen him if he would have walked away. If he would have crossed the street, I should have seen him. If he would have walked past me and came in front of me, I should have seen him. If he would have, like, went on the other side, I still should have seen him. But he was gone. He just, he was gone. And I was like, oh my gosh. I just entertained an angel. And I do believe that at church, we was talking about angels and how that we should be mindful. I'm going to find that scripture. It says we should be mindful on how we treat people because you never know. You might be entertaining an angel. And don't you know, as you enter, how you interact with angels is really how God will interact with you because that will signify, right? It will signify your level of compassion because that's what God is about. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> you know, so um, 
you know, when, when you be going through stuff, y'all, I believe God sent us angels to see how we're going to act while we going through something. And whatever how we correspond to that individual or people, then that, like, bring our answers to us or bless us, right? But I've found a lot of people don't really understand how the game of life really works. And everything has cause and effect. They have laws, mechanisms. Um, that's why you always hear people say karma. Karma is a bee, you know, or... The word of God tells us God is not mocked what so man saw it that should he read. Why? Because he already set things in motion to take care of itself. Even with your body. I remember when I cut my finger real bad. I still got the little scar there. But you really can't see it. But I had cut myself so bad. It was bleeding so bad that I didn't have insurance. I knew I needed stitches. I run cold water on it. I try to seal it up. And the blood still was coming out. And I know I felt the Lord tell me. Go get the banana peeling. Go get the banana and wrap the peeling around it. So when I did it. I kept it on there. It still was bleeding. I changed it. Put another one on there. Don't you know within three, three days. That wound healed itself. And when I did a research, that's a natural remedy, a banana peeling. If you cut yourself any type of cut, just take that peeling and wrap it around that cut and it will heal. There's something about the inside of the peeling that will restore the cells in your skin and it will restore itself. So most of the time, I think that we kind of in this fast-paced world and we don't take enough time to really understand what's happening to us and God is really trying to talk to us and help us but we are moving so fast and not realizing that God had created our bodies to heal itself and um I do believe that because of that day with that angel, when I went back up, I, I knew I probably was working. No, you know what? I was not the office administrator there yet. I was volunteering for Dress for Success. Because now I remember when that happened, the next day, Miss Linda came to talk to Miss Hope. That's how I got the job as the office administrator. And I started working. Yep. That, that's how that happened. You see what I'm saying? So y'all be careful out there. You never know. You may be entertaining angels. Let me see if I can find that scripture for you guys. Where it says that we may be entertaining angels unaware. And I do have another story to tell you about angels. This is real life stories, you guys. 
Tucha, Dr. D can talk about anything and everything. <laughs> um, Entertaining angels unaware. King James Version. The show popped up. Alright, so here we go. And you can find that scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. And it says that be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Wow. You'll find that in Hebrews 13, verse 2. All right. I didn't get my rest, y'all. My mama really, really disturbed my rest. I'm going to share how she disturbed my rest. In that same... Well, that's in the book of James. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding himself natural face in a glass, and he beholding himself and going his way, and straightway forgotten what manner of man was he. But whosoever looking into the perfect law of liberty, and continuing therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And what that means is, every word that you hear, you're accountable for. Don't look in the mirror, dressing yourself all up. You know what I'm saying? Think you got it going on. But yet, you um, you're not taking heed, right? Of what you heard, you point your fingers at others. So, to my cousins, they are so beautiful. They all models. They have perfect teeth. My auntie really took care of those girls. I really did. That's some beautiful cousins. And boy, look at them nose. Boy, you can tell, boy, we family. We all got that nose. They got that strong, strong 
gene, man. All right, so I will go on next episode, right? <laughs> and tell you about my next experience of my angels. I'm telling you, I'm going to do a supernatural book. Supernatural Encounters with Dr. D. Later. I'm going to check you out next feed. Alright you guys, I was just trying to wait to get off the bus and I plugged in um, a replay of a testimony I had, but my third experience, I guess this is for day three, <laughs> I guess I could share this one because I have so many y'all, so that's what I'm saying, I've, I've been having encounter with my angels. Okay, so, uh, let's see, let's go back. Now, this, uh, this was the time where we finally got a place, and we lived across the river. So, um... I had to really have my children disciplined to the point where they knew where to meet me because I was working two jobs. I worked uh, 8.30 to 5 at the New Orleans Center, Monday through Friday, then Friday, no, Saturday, Saturday morning that weekend I worked uh, an assistant home as a nurse uh, nurse aide at a living center but it was like a private home Samantha was my patient oh my god I miss Sammy she didn't like nobody else, but she liked me, so that's how I was able to keep that position. And I think I worked there for about two years until um, I worked there all the way till I think I had to go in the hospital for the cancer. So, so my children, this was our routine. God had blessed us. We got a little apartment, right? Finally, because we was homeless. After the... I went through a lot, y'all, with the domestic stuff. So I was starting to get my life back, right? Alright, so... We got this little house. Well, we had a house on the lower nine ward. And that didn't fall through. So we wound up getting... Blessed with this other house. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Lord, I'm trying to think of so much. So much have happened without the D, y'all. That's what I'm telling y'all. I know I have books and books and volumes of books. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to remember all this stuff because it's a lot. Uh, so, this was the house 
that I couldn't even remember the address. Because I could have used that address, but we had moved out that house like three weeks before the Hurricane Katrina hit. All right. And so much was going on. When I used my dad address, we couldn't even get FEMA. So that's another testimony in itself that I got to talk about. Because we didn't get FEMA like everybody else had got FEMA. But I ain't going to talk about that right now. I want to talk about the angel and the routine. So we got into this. We got blessed with this little place in Algiers. But it was like on the borderline of Algiers and Gretna. Right there by the bridge. Matter of fact, the houses that y'all saw on the Expendables with uh, Sylvester Stallone. And you know, um, the motorcycle, you know when they met the, the lady on the motorcycle by the bridge? Well, uh, that field, and if you look a little further, they have like them houses. That's what the house where we lived at, y'all. Boom shakalaka. Ain't that something? They filmed it right there where we used to stay. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Ain't that something? Well, anyway, so the routine was we get up, we go catch the bus. All right. And I I trained my children. I, you know, I was with them. So they knew what bus to catch. When they got out of school, you know, they had their practice or whatever. Um, they catch the bus home, meet me on St. Claude. We all catch the bus home together, right? Okay. Um, until I had started school. Now, when I had started school, I had a class. I'm trying to see when it happened. Cause it was a it was at nighttime and it was the last bus. And Joshua dropped that bus pass. I never forget it. I don't think we had our house then. No, I think we was living in a shelter, y'all. We were living in a, because we were trying to hurry, because you know you had a time limit. You had to get, you had to get back in that, that shelter. And they knew I worked and went to school. So they gave me grace to 10 o'clock to get back in. I think you had to be in the shelter for 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. And if you didn't have the right, yeah, that's what it was, y'all. So I sped up. I'm sorry, I sped up the story. We were living in a shelter. And then God had found favor with us. With the bus. I mean, all kind of miraculous stuff happened, y'all. I mean, God had found favor with Dr. D. And I wasn't a doctor then. I was just a little me. Just trying to take my life back from this horrific thing called abuse and um yep that's what it was we was trying to hurry catch that bus to get that St. Claude um to get to that shelter cause they knew I worked 
So what happened, Joshua them killed friend, uh, Miss Janice. They went to Miss Janice house after school until I got out from school, right? And so I had to catch the bus, went to Tulane. I went to Tulane. They'll catch Miss Janice. I put them on the bus. I'll wait for them to come, you know, up from, uh, I think that was, what bus come up that way? I'm trying to think what bus it is. Man, I'm just getting it all mixed up, y'all. Ooh, Lord, I gotta sit down and think. So I'm gonna have to skip all the particulars. Because <laughs> uh, I'm thinking I'm getting my little connections crossed up here. Um, okay, so this is, this is what happened. I know we were rushing, trying to catch that dog on bus. I know that much. And the portraits, portraits, and Loyola portraits, and Loyola. This particular street, right? The intersection has a lot of traffic, red lights and stuff, right? All right. So. We running trying to catch the bus there to catch that two lane. That's what it was. Because two lane, yeah, we were living in the shelter. I remember now. Because we was trying to cross that street by the quadrants to catch that two lane. Because I knew that next two lane was going to be late. And it would have got us to that shelter like um, after 10. There was already hating on me. The, how, 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 does, how the workers going to hate on the, the, the participant that's homeless? That's another subject I can talk about. Man, that was just crazy. And they were just waiting to try to find something on me to put me out. I didn't do anything. God was just starting to bless Dr. D with clothes. And they were trying to really, like, trying to figure out how I was getting all this stuff. And I wasn't working. But when they wanted to do their budget, I had money over there. Well, God was blessing me. God was... Really blessing us, blessing my children. People was giving my children brand new name brand clothes. But give you know, Miss Minister Hope, who's my mentor, and we still in relationship, business and friendship, sisterhood to this day, right? And um them little folks, them little women. So we running for the bus. Joshua dropped his bus pass. Now, Joshua probably about, what, 10 or 11 years old, right? He didn't drop his bus pass, y'all, and didn't tell me. So, we running, right? <laughs> we running, and that go the bus. Well, no, the bus didn't come. I knew the bus was about to come. So, by the time we got to the bus stop, he crying. I said, what you crying for? I dropped my bus pass. See, you drop your bus pass. Now I ain't had no money. You know, I barely had money, y'all. I said, What you mean you dropped your bus pass? Where you dropped your bus pass at? I don't know. Lord, y'all. I say, How can you do something like this here? You know, and I started crying, and he crying. Because I know sometimes you don't get the same bus driver, and some bus drivers are very mean. If I got any bus drivers on this feed, why y'all so mean to the people who get on the bus? People work hard. They're tired. Sometimes people just don't have the money. 
I know that sometimes people be playing games, but Lord have mercy. I have seen some stuff. Some of these bus drivers on driving these buses, they could be the meanest, coldest, uncompassionate people ever. And I'm like, why in the world are you in customer service driving a bus? Well, with that said, so we going back. I'm like, oh, well, Lord, I'm tired. I said, God, whatever happens, I said, you know what, I, I mean, I had so many opportunities. <laughs> I had so many opportunities in my life to give up. I had so many opportunities to just stop it in my life. I had so many opportunities to say, you know what, I don't care about nothing. Y'all keep going to do what y'all want. I'm walking away from everything. I had so many opportunities that hit me in my face. I had so many opportunities, you guys. Just to say, forget life. Because it was like, no matter what I did, no matter how I acted, it was like, Bad always came to me. And I was so tired. I was so tired. And so for that boy to lose that bus pass. And I know it was gone. Because it was in the middle of the highway in the street. Where the cars are crossing. And you know when the cars pass, right? The wind gonna blow, right? So in my mind, I already knew it was gone, right? And so I just said, Lord, I'm tired. I said, I'm tired. I got to go study. I said, I'm tired. You know, these people, this, these ladies at this place, I don't know why they don't like me, but me and my children don't have nowhere else to go, and I can't be out here no more in the street with my children. I'm just tired. I say, I don't know if we're going to find this bus pass, but let us find favor with the bus driver. Let them have compassion on me and my children so I can get on this bus. This boy that we lost his bus pass, and the way the bus pass worked, back then, they, we didn't have a cue card, right? Bus pass is for the whole week, and they'll punch it. And so, one of the bus drivers find favor with us. And like every week, when he see me, he give me three bus passes for me and my children. Because I never had money to drive to get on a bus. Oh my God. I don't know why this is so deep right now while I'm talking about this. So, we're walking back trying to find a bus pad because I already know, first of all, we're going to miss a bus because now we got to go find a bus pass. And then, I already knew the bus pass is going to be gone. So, the time it took us to go find a bus pass and for the bus to come, once it make that turn, they're not going to see us coming back. 
Yo. Y'all, let me tell y'all. We walking and we walking. Don't y'all know? Zakia say, Mom, look at that thing flying in the street. So it was just going like a little mini tornado, right? And so we looking. Now the car's passing, y'all. I'm not exaggerating. Lord have mercy, you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was just turning like a tornado. It was like a mini tornado. And the cars was passing. And we trying to figure out what in the world is that? <laughs> Don't y'all know? <laughs> The closer we got to it, we waited for the light to change. I told her, I said, y'all stay right there in the corner. On the corner, on the edge of the, 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 the pavement. Stay right there, hold hands. Because I had to run in the middle of the street to get it. Oh, my God. So I'm trying to keep my eyes on them, but we all looking at this thing turning. Don't y'all know that was the bus pass? The angels were standing around that bus pass, y'all. When I got there and picked that up, you could feel the heat. It wasn't hot like it was fire, but it was warm like you could like it's been moving, right? And when I picked it up, only that I felt I just felt something like wrapped around me and it just felt like it was just like everything gonna be okay I didn't hear it I didn't hear nobody say nothing I couldn't even see anything but nobody could tell me that was not an angel standing right there covering hoovering over that bus pass so the cars when they pass it won't fly away where we couldn't find it. The cars was passing, y'all. We saw the car passing. Every time the car passed, that thing still was in the middle of the street just turning. Come on, y'all. The angels are real. Y'all. Not only that. <laughs> Glory to God. That's why I love God so much. I know he loves me. Oh, I know my God loves me. <laughs> he takes care of me. Sometimes I don't understand why I go through the things I go through. I can't explain it. But one thing I do know. Jehovah Shabbat. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Rapha is there. Jehovah Taniskanu. And Jehovah Nisha, he's here with me. He was with me back then. He was with me right now. And wherever he's taking me, I know he's with me. And I got a whole host of angels around me. I got a whole host of angels before me. I got a whole host of angels that's waiting to minister unto me. And I'm telling you, so now we got the bus pass. I say, I got the bus pass, y'all. 
Kia and Josh they looking at each other like, cause they they saw what I saw, and I'm like, ask do they remember that? They saw what I saw, and um, I'm good, I'm good. Yep. And so uh, so we running now, right? We running, we booking. Come on the bus. Here come the bus. We see the bus coming up the street. We see it and it stopped picking up the people. We running because now you know we are good 500 feet, I guess a thousand. We're like about two blocks away. Because Padres, remember, two lane bus turn at that time, two lane gonna turn right there off of that side street. Um, and it's gonna go around so we can hit back on Broad. Um, where it comes down Canal, it comes down, I think that's uh, Loyola, and it's going to turn to go back up on Padres. So we on Padres down the other way, and man, we running, right? We running, we running. Well, <laughs> boy, I tell you, God has a sense of humor. He loves us, y'all. He loves us. He just got to trust in him. He loved us. They had a car that cut in front of the bus. And the people was in there fussing. So the bus couldn't move because the bus would have moved. The bus would have hit the car, right? So we running, right? We running, right? Then when we got there, the man looking and he opened the door. And it's like, slow down, slow down. I wasn't going to leave you. I saw you coming, so I was going to wait for you. I said, you saw me coming? I said, how you going to see us coming? He said, you was flashing your light. I said, flashing what light? We don't have no light. Y'all, our angel must have shined his light or something because the bus driver said he saw a light and he saw us coming. And guess what? Not only did we get our bus pass, Joshua got his bus pass for the rest of the week. Because I think that happened like on a Tuesday and Wednesday. So you know what? That's why I was really was crying because I already knew I wasn't going to get paid until the next week. And that would have held me because I would have saw the bus driver that Saturday when I go to the weekend job. And he'll say, here, I got three more for you, you know. He'll hand them to me, you know. And that would carry me over to the next week. Boy, y'all just don't know. <laughs> Dr. D been through some stuff, y'all. Man, that's why I'm the way I am. You know, I didn't realize half the stuff I done been through just by talking to y'all. Just be bringing up stuff. Lord have mercy. And emotional, too. I don't mean to be like that, but it happens. So, that's my third experience. Uh, having a encounter with an angel when I was in need. You know, and I guess you could say that's the angel of protection or the angel of provision because he provided protection for the bus pass so we could get it, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was just so much. Then we was able to make it on time to check in. The shelter, and that's why I give. Now, anything I get to the Salvation Army, all right, because the Salvation Army 
was the ones that housed us. And we stayed there for like, we had an opportunity to stay there for a year, one year. But God got us out of there in four months because they, them ladies were very mean, man. They was just nasty. And guess what? God got rid of them. They got rid of themselves, though. That's what happened. You don't touch God's anointing and do your profit no home. And even at that time, I wasn't in full effect like I am now. But I still had God on my side, you know. And I'm going through. You know, why you hating on somebody that living in a shelter and you going home to a nice bed, your own bed, your own home. And I think when I was married. But you still worrying about who gave me this dress, who gave my son this coat. You say you ain't making no money, but how you buying all this stuff? Ain't nobody ain't gonna just give you nothing like that. And I'm like, baby, you don't know how I'm rolling. I'm rolling with faith of God. And whatever I need, he said he's going to supply my need according to his riches and glory. So that meant he's going to give me good stuff. The best. And that's what I expect to get because he say I'm his child. And if God has streets of gold that you can walk on and see your reflection in, why not God bless his children with the best? Come on, y'all. So, I know it was kind of emotional, but that's, that's how it happened. That's what happened. And I'm telling you, when you have an experience with God, I call it a God encounter. That was a boom factor, too, if you think about it. Because that was something magnificent, something omnipotent that you can't even explain. You see, omnipotent means something that's out of the ordinary, that's magnified in this glorious way a divine way that you know how god carries himself god is omnipotent he's everywhere so your angels can be everywhere could be anywhere where you need the angels to be to be there for you right so guess what i was having boom factor experiences before the boom factor came about matter of fact you know what boom factor was already in me it was already birthed in me. I just had to break it out now. This is the season that we all going to start experiencing boom factor in our lives. Amen. All right. Well, I made it to work, you guys. And uh, that kind of like touched my spirit. So I might have to go regain myself. Because <laughs> I really forgot about that. And I didn't really know that that way it was going to hit me home like that. What in the world is these people doing? Lord, have mercy. Every time I come in this spot, they got trash everywhere. I see they doing something, but Lord, at least they can clean up this so. My Lord. Let me put this fan on. What is they doing right here? I hope they put some uh, air conditioning in this office. Because um, it sure be hot up in there. And I can't sit up in there. I'll be out here. Now I'm looking out here. They got boxes and trash. Oh, Lord. All right, you guys. So, let me go ahead and compose myself and take this stuff off because I got some other work to do. And I guess I will chime with you guys later. I should have shared that on a safe zone broadcast. I'm going to see how I can transcribe that on a safe zone broadcast because 
that's about spiritual awakening your fate you know for the end times and um oh I gotta go to the bathroom hold it hold it don't do it don't do it get tucked into the bathroom yeah oh my That went deep, man. That came out my spirit. Lord, have mercy. Jesus. Yeah, but I never forget that. Well, I had, really. I didn't forget about it. I just didn't realize how emotional it was. Because I just knew, man, that boy. We were just talking about how Joshua was, you know, that's Thriver. You know, Joshua had his little moments. You know, he went through his little phase, man. I had to get him straight, though. I had to come down hard on him sometimes. Because he was going through a little phase, you know. I said, look, boy, I'm doing this by myself. Sure, I ain't asked your daddy to leave. You know, your daddy was tripping. You know? So. All right. I'm going to try with y'all later. I'm going to check then. Okay, God bless y'all. Don't forget, you got a... Ooh, excuse me. Well, I've been belching all day, huh? You got angels all over you, all around you. Don't forget about that. And you never know, you may entertain an angel unaware. Hebrews 13, too. That's right. And I'm sure all of us, some kind of way, had an angel entertain. You know what I need to do? I need to check my messages too. So I can plug in some of y'all. I haven't been doing that. Y'all forgive me. Because, um, you know, I've been trying to finish these tests and stuff. But I got one more week and I'll be through. Well, no, not really. Because when we come back, I got more to do. But, all right. If you have an angel experience, hey, chime in with me. So I can plug it in. All right. God bless y'all. This is Dr. D signing out. Hey, you guys. I have to charge this phone up, but I just want to clear up some stuff. Um, man, that was... I'm still, like, out of it. And um, that experience did something to me back then. And just by me talking about it, just made me think about some things. But I crossed some stories. I crossed some experiences into some other experiences. So I just want to correct some stuff. Um, I was working at... I was not working by Sam yet. And I was not working at the... Uh, the New Orleans Center yet. That came later. As a matter of fact, I think that came right after I left that Salvation Army. Um, what I was working, I was walking at working at a parking garage um, with um, with Miss Charlotte. That's what it was, and that was a little part time job. And that was a night job, too. And when I was working there, I was still with my 
ex-husband that's not in the land of the living. And right between that, it just was so horrific that we had walked away. All right. And so that part that part time little job I had, then I was in school. I was at Tulane. So the money that I was making, right, it just was enough just to, you know, get us something to eat. Because um, my hours shifted because I had to go to school. And I'm just trying to think because when I went in the shelter, you know, when you go in the shelter, they want you to budget. They want you to do this. They want you to do that. And so the ladies, the case managers, the lady who was over me, uh, we had got that. Um, we had got that shelter after uh, Minister Hope, <clears throat> which y'all heard her on my program before. Uh, I stayed late one day. I had volunteered. I was a volunteer at at the New Orleans Center with the Dresser's Success, and they had just started the Computer Technology Center, which I volunteered. I helped as a assistant, and I became one of the volunteers that helped the people come in to learn how to do the computers. So I was like... Uh, you know, a little computer, little geek, I guess. Helping people how to do the Microsoft, uh, how to do Word, how to do the resume, you know. So I helped around like that. And I walked away. And we was, we lived in the shelter that was on, I think it was on St. Charles. St. Charles Street. I'm trying to find out what happened for us to leave that shelter. I think I had went back. I was going so many back, back and forth, back and forth. I think I went back and forth, back and forth to that man 13 times, y'all. 13 times. Within two, three, four, about four months of the marriage. 13 times. That was crazy. I was just out of my mind. And then. I'm still getting the story wrong. Because. Look y'all. I'm going to have to sit down and think about this one here. Because this is. This is tripping me out. Wait a minute. I was not at the parking lot. Yes, I was. See, y'all got to forgive me. I'm getting the stories crossed though. I can't even remember. Now, this is something God going to have to really bring back to me. Because I do remember. I think I was doing security when I was by Miss Charlotte. Because when I left him, like a couple of times, we stayed by Miss Charlotte's house. But... At the end of this time, when I was at the Salvation Army, that's when I really walked away from everything. I mean, that was a whole house, y'all. Furniture. I had just got that furniture for my children. 
the bedroom sets, the bed. I mean, the house was furnished with all my stuff. When we had got married and moved into that house, there was a brand new house that got built. I walked away from it. I walked away from it. It was just uh, enough was enough. And uh, I found myself, uh, we were sleeping on the, the bus, the bus benches some days. We was in a park some days. Yeah. Uh, and my children still had to go to school. Um, where I take them to the bathroom, wash them up or whatever. Um, it was so emotional to when we remember the movie Pursuit of Happiness when uh, Will and his son they was in the bathroom and they had to sleep in the bathroom. Oh my gosh! Well, we saw that movie and we just broke down and cried because we saw ourselves. That movie reflected us. When that movie came out, that was us. Yeah. It it really touched my children. I'm telling you, me, uh, the two oldest ones had left. It was like the abuse was so bad. They had the opportunity to leave. And they went stay by their dad. But Zakia and Joshua was with me. Because their dad wasn't around, so... The second marriage, which didn't last long. I didn't have no children for this man. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't have no children for this man. But he did have children. And uh, his sons had became my sons at that time. And they used to always tell him, Dad, why you always hit Miss Danielle? Miss Danielle been the best mom ever, you know, which I did. I treated. I don't treat children like that, you know. I try to love on children because, you know, children, it's not their fault. It's not the children's fault, the parents acting a fool. You know, sometimes we act a fool, grown-ups. You know, and then we want to fuss at the children. Why? Why you fuss at the children? It's not their fault that we didn't know how to act towards each other. You know? So don't take it out on the children. Think about what the children go through and what they see and how they they hear that's how they grow up to be psychopaths and serial killers and narcissist, you know, narcissists and abusers because of what they see in the home. So, you know what? Through my life, I went through all that little stuff. That's why I'm the way I am because we got to take responsibility, you know. And I was crying out to God because I was still trying to deal with myself and trying to raise these children. I was doing the best that I can. So I guess I just I just wanna just kinda employ y'all children. I mean adults out there. If you got riffraff going on between you and your husband and you got children, y'all need to take that stuff outside. Don't do that in front of children. Go take a walk outside. Talk about it. So when you talk about it, those words go out in the air and you won't leave the words inside your house. And the devil come in and take them very words that you done spit out your mouth and start feeding it. And then start enticing each other to do bad things to each other. That's how that work. You know. And so, um, I was not working. 
when I was living in that shelter, I was in school. I was not working. The money that I was living off of was the leftover money that came from the the the, the federal. You know, they give you a little subsidy money. So I lived off my school money. So I just want to eradicate that. I was not working when I was at the Salvation Army. The money that I was getting was from school. And that's why they were trying to figure out, well, if you ain't working, how you get to buy this stuff? And this name brand stuff, y'all. I mean, it was to the point the closet was getting full. So they was like, call this up, trying to put me on probation. And, man, it was just some crazy stuff they was doing to us in that. It was some crazy stuff. And I remember, i never forget the lady say, well, you know you got... Um, six months to a year, but you have not turned in the budget report, so we didn't broke you down to six months. I say, you know what, sweetheart? I'm going to do one even better for you. We'll be out of here before six months. Don't y'all know God got us out of there in four months? But before I left, God showed me, two weeks before we had got out of there, he showed me, because I went down at that time to go and ask for somebody, I think I had asked for her little small behind. She said, oh, she's no longer with us. What you say? What? Yes, that's right. God got her out the way, baby. So after that, that's when God had blessed us with that apartment. Across the river that I was telling you guys that the movie Expendables was made by when Sylvester Stallone met the little Chinese lady on a bike. Right there by the bridge. That house that you see. They got a whole. It was a. You see that white house. I think it was a white house. And then right next to that white house. It's going to have like. A stripper. Like a strip building. Where they had like six apartments in there. And we lived right there. That was powerful. So I just want to clarify that. Because I know. I was trying to set the stage. And I was getting it all jumbled. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh, Lord, I got all kind of experiences crossed up in this testimony. So that's, no, I didn't start working. I didn't start working to the New Orleans Center until after I had got out that shelter. You know, so good things were starting to happen. After that night, y'all, yeah, after that night, y'all, angels were with me. Good things had started happening. So sometimes, you know what? It's good to cry out to God and just be honest with Him. Because that night there, I had so many other nights too. But that night there, I I was just done. Because I just couldn't believe this boy dropped that bus pass. Knowing that, that's all we had. I, I You know what I'm saying? And I just felt like that was the end of the road for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this no more. I'm tired. I can't do this room. And it be like that, y'all. You know, so I just want to, like, conclude this version of my experience with uh, angels. And I guess I'll share some more that I can remember of. I have a whole bunch now. But I got to see if I can deal with it. Because I don't know if it did something to me right now. So I'm just sitting here. I'm at work. And I need to go do these flyers for the voting. Because, you know, voting starts Monday, y'all. 
So I want y'all to vote, 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 vote. Um, I'm going to have me. Vote, vote for my pastor. I'm going to have all the numbers. So you just look for the categories that are numbers. Look for our name and just click our name underneath that category, okay? And uh, I have some other individuals that I want y'all to vote for. Because you have to vote for everybody. I hope they kind of change it. I can't really see how it is now, but I know last year, you had to vote for everybody. My Lord. And you got almost 70 categories. That's a lot of awards. I ain't having all them categories. Unless God grow it up. You know. And I'm thinking about adding something to the awards, you guys. I'm being prayerful. Since they really don't have no podcast award. I don't know. I might I might do y'all a favor. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna see how how I can incorporate that to see what type of um benefit that you guys can get or what I can offer the winner as a podcaster. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check into that. Uh I still have time and you still have time. So uh-oh. I might incorporate that. Um, podcaster of the year. You know, I'm going to find out how you can really do that. Guess what? I'll be the first, huh? I don't think they have. You know. Um, and I'm not going to streamline, streamline it. To the degree that it just have to be gospel. Alright. Because I learn a lot from everybody. So I'm going to allow everybody to submit their podcast. And um, I kind of knew the content or whatever. And I'm going to let the people vote for you guys. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to nominate you. You know if you're interested. Just send an email to Marinette2016. Publishing at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. So I pray I kind of clarify that up because you know I like to have my facts straight, and uh, I'm still marinating on that. That I don't know that came out of me. Wow. So I gotta sit here and ask God why was that so emotional for me to talk about that, and um, I gotta sit here and just relax. And and see what that is showing me, because when something like that then happened to me, it touched me like that. God is trying to show something to me or reveal something to me. So I'm gonna get a phone opportunity to charge because it's like thirty-two percent. So I'm gonna let it charge. And I guess I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's been wonderful. God bless you guys. And it's Dr. D. Later. God bless.